All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Thursday, August 31st. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, this episode is all about threes because we have got a three-day weekend coming up for Labor Day. We have got Equalizer 3 as the big movie coming out this weekend. We have got three months of fall movies that we're going to be talking about today, September, October, November, three months there. And I think to to really cover the rule of threes, we got to have three hosts today. So it's me, it's you, and it is from Exhibitor Relations Co. Jeff Bach is back here. Jeff, thanks for joining us on this very special threequel episode of the BO Boys. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It, this is the Holy Trinity. As far as I'm concerned, three, as we all know, is the magic number. Yes. Mm-hmm. There were three amigos. There, there still were, are. There still are. That's right. Yeah. They're all alive. They yeah. could do they could do a sequel. <laughs> they could do a threequel. They they could do they, a legacy sequel. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah, yeah. They could they have to rush out the second one so they could get to what the real money is, which yeah. is three amigos three. Yeah. But absolutely. I mean I will say two out of the three of those stars are at the at the highest level of fame they've had yeah. in almost forever. I mean, I mean, Martin Short always was a guy that was in movies, but I think he's probably more popular now than he's ever been. Yeah, I absolutely. I agree with you. That TV show on Hulu was just taken off. You know, all yeah. my parents' friends can't stop watching and talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. If if Chevy Chase was in a better spot in life. I think we would have heard some rumblings of a three amigos too. So I think he gets a three amigos three, but I, I, I feel like chase is the one that holds that back from happening. Well, you know what? We don't, we're not the streamer boys. We're not, we don't talk streaming, but we're talking a lot of streaming, but he's in the fear street, new fear street movie. That's going to be coming out on Netflix. Him and Dan Aykroyd are in a fear street movie. So Chevy chase is not, his career is not completely dead. He has not killed it just yet. So there is hope for a Three Amigos 2. All right. Well, keep hope alive there. Uh, but this weekend, we do have a threequel that is opening. So, Jeff, way back when, I forgot on which episode, you know, you talked about Equalizer. Might have been a summer preview where we decided Equalizer is not going to be uh, uh, counted in the summer preview. And your big thing was, why are they calling this? Equalizer three. Why is this not as three equalizer? Yeah, it should be called the three equalizer. It was out there. It's waiting for Sony. They missed it with the sequelizer. I thought they would nail it with the three equalizer, but they're calling it equalizer three. That doesn't even really make sense. You know, this is the three equalizer. And I'm just going to throw this out here. It does 33.3 million this weekend. I don't know if that's the three day or the four day, but at one of those, it's going to do 33.3 million. That's, that's it right there. It has to, right? It has to. Well, that's not crazy. Cause that is around the opening that peep that these movies do mm-hmm. the first yeah. one opening in September, 2014 to 34.1. And the second one opened to 36 million in July, 20, uh, 2018. So, I'm getting this all from intern uh, Wannabeo intern Jack's nice write-up that he gave us here. Yep, so I'm yep. reading this in a Google Doc instead of having to search through the numbers like I usually have to do. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, Jack for us, he he throws out some comps here, which I want to put in front of you guys. Magnificent Seven, 
did 34.7 million at September opening weekend seven years ago. Last summer, Bullet Train opens at 30 million. You know, those are similar sort of star action picks to what we got this weekend with the three equalizer. Is there any reason that anyone feels like this movie is going to do significantly higher or lower than those comps? Is there anything out there that makes you think, oh, this is going to underperform and do 22 million for the three day opening, you know, for the opening weekend? Or, whoa, we got something on our hands here. Is this a John Wick situation where the third movie blows up and and this opens to 50? I mean, do, do you feel a big swing either way, Jeff? I don't think so. I think this is right up where Denzel usually lands. Uh, he's getting older, but he's getting rougher, too. If you mm-hmm. look at this trailer, he's still a badass. And now that he shaved his head, he's even, I would say, maybe even a little more of a badass. So I wouldn't be surprised if this overperforms a little bit. But if we look at what Bullet trained open with last summer, was it, it was 30 or 40 million? I think it was, yeah. was it 30? 30. Like, at 30. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Exactly and I, I think that's, 30. that's a pretty strong comp. This is an R rated action film. So uh, adults will be out there in force because football season doesn't, I mean, professional football season doesn't kick off till next weekend. The only thing that could hold it back this weekend, I would say it would be maybe NCAA football because that mm-hmm. does kick off this this weekend so that would be my only if it does open the 20s that's probably high 20s that's probably one of the reasons well you you mentioned football and we got a great email from one of bo boy austin and og one of bo boy mm-hmm. who mentioned that the ad campaign for this has been uh will really well done and it's been targeting a lot of preseason football which is going to be the main sort of demo that is going to go see this movie my only thought with this is we've seen over the summer a little bit of fatigue when it came to these franchise sequels, right? Now, but we're talking, you know, fifth movies, seventh movie, stuff like that. Of course, MI7, we're talking um, Fast, X. Fast X, which is 10. We're talking Indiana Jones, which is what, five? That was so, five, yeah. So right now, three is, I think, still a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. The TV show possibly uh, starring Queen Latifah may bite into the uniqueness of this. Mm. But I think at the end of the day, these movies, at least the first two, always sort of give you exactly what you want. And I don't see this being any different. Now, I also don't see it being a big jump as to plus this is going to make Equalizer. There's no plus one on this one. That makes me feel like it's going to jump through the roof. I think it's a very consistent, and I love that 33 right there. And I think Jack had the same similar kind of thought here that this is going to open to like 33. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do do we think that the existence of the Queen Latifah CBS show, which is in its third season, is that something that maybe has raised, you know, raised equalizer awareness these last few years? Is the brand bigger? since the second movie because you've had that weekly tv show people have just heard equalizer 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 this sunday equalizer that just that word is in their head in a way that it wasn't when the second movie came out i I, you know people could be over it or people could be more equalizer aware than they've ever been in their lives (laughs) i gotta be honest with you i don't even know what the hell you're talking about queen latifah has an equalizer show that's Mm -hmm. sorry guys 
I've never heard of it. That's ridiculous. So in my in my mind, because I'm a movie guy, I really am. Right. Not a streamo guy. You know that. Right. Um, and you're not uh, a network TV. And on I'm Sunday definitely night not a guy. network guy. I, I've never even heard of this. I didn't even know it existed. So in my mm -hmm. mind, it doesn't exist. I'm just excited to see Denzel back on the screen. Uh, Clayton, to your point, what? Why didn't they add John David Washington to this third part? That would have been the upper that they needed to take this over forty million. I think watching father and son go at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that that could maybe become sort of a shaft situation that they had. Remember the shaft reboot that they did, where they had three generations of shaft. Yeah. Now they weren't actually all actually related, but doing the son thing. I think John David Washington wants to sort of stay away from his dad a little bit at the moment. I could see Equalizer 5 being John David Washington when the career doesn't pan out and he's, oh, now I'm going to do this double act with my father. That's a possibility. I think we're still in the, 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 the time where that might be something that he wouldn't be into doing. Right. But I could see it in the future. I could yeah. definitely see that in the future. After Tenet, I think he needs something to latch on to audiences. I think this or Crimson Tide 2. You know, take your pick, really. Mm, yeah. 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 He needs a torch passing from, from Denzel at some point. He really point. does. I think people want to see. I think people want to see father and son kind of fight on screen. I think John David Washington should be the bad guy, Denzel the good guy, or vice versa. However you want to work it, I think that would be fun to watch. Right. Well, that's interesting. I, I, well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the whole domestic cube for this movie because I'm going to blow your guys' mind here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Equalizer 1, domestic gross, $101.5 million. Mm -hmm. Equalizer 2, domestic gross, $102 million. Oh, oh, wow. I see it. You know what I'm saying for Equalizer I, 3? I see it. Yeah. $103 million. Yeah. These movies are so consistent that yeah. even the worldwide gross, the first one, 192 The second one, 190 Yeah. Worldwide gross, I'm going 193 How yeah. about that? Yeah. 33.3 million opening, 103 domestic. 193.3 worldwide that I've, i mean it's yeah that's what it's going to do yeah, yeah. It, we don't even have to watch it i mean this is this is set it and forget it that's a yeah. slam doink guys that's it slam oh, doink i mean are we all three of us going with the same prediction i think we all have to go <laughs> you have to point three yeah. as the yeah. as the three day yeah i mean and the four day could hit 40 then possibly you know the yeah. equalizer movies have never yeah. opened on a Holiday Labor Day isn't the strongest of four day holidays. You know, people like to barbecue on, on the Monday of Labor Day, but it should add six to eight million on top of whatever the three day is. So, yeah, I I think thirty three point three and a, and an even forty for the four day feels like we should tr we should just triple team this prediction and all yeah. and all get on the same page. And now, Pat, uh, uh, Pat, and Jeff, did you see when you saw Oppenheimer? Was Equalizer three a trailer before that film? When you um, saw it, was not at either of the screenings I no. saw, but it is. Okay. It is, I know, very much a common trailer attached yeah. to Oppenheimer. So, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I agree that that should help because it's an adult blockbuster. Yeah. And, you know, 
the the type of slightly older moviegoer who really wants the Oppenheimer, yeah, should yeah. should get a, a lot of trailers in front of them for Equalizer Three. So that should help. I mean, the older audience is going to be what takes this a little over the top. It's not quite the same audience as John Wick. I don't think these movies skew as young as a John Wick. No, but the dads are going to come out. Listen, the dads are going to have to run those barbecues on Monday. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to be at the grill. And so on the Saturday and Sunday, let them just go out and see Denzel kick some butt. Yeah. And, you know, they'll watch football on Saturday probably, but Sunday it's wide open at perfect for a a threequalizer, you know, just get you through the weekend. Yeah. You know what I also think is appealing uh, for for dads to watch someone like Denzel? Yeah, is that yeah. Denzel doesn't try to act young. Mm-hmm. He is not trying for the eternal youthful Tom Cruise thing. He is happy to be an elder statesman, mm-hmm. to be an older gentleman that can still kick ass. And that is something that I think your regular guy, your Joe Lunchpail, will yeah. aspire to, is that he doesn't have the access to the hair plugs and the plastic surgery and the after effects. Mm -hmm. He can only be what he is, which is a older to middle-aged man who wants to protect people that he loves. And that's what the equalizer is. And I think there's a resonance there. Do you think the, do you think Denzel Washington for real could kick like Tom Cruise's ass? Uh, A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 He can't beat him in a race. Consideration, but yeah, Tom Cruise. I, I did wonder that. I wondered. Yeah, yeah. Like Cruise could outrun him. Cruise could, you know, beat him in a basketball game or something like that. But if you just if you're putting these two guys in an alleyway together, Denzel's walking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is the fall preview episode, so we got to get to all those movies. So I say let's just give our top five predictions for this weekend right now, right at the top. Let's, let's go for it. Um, and you know what? I'll go first. I'll just go first. Cause I think last is always the, the favorite spot. And so we'll leave that for Jeff. Um, I'm going to go first with equalizer three does, and we'll only do the three day predictions. Uh, equalizer three, 33.3. We all got to go for it. That's number one. Number two, I do think Barbie's going to get ahead of Gran Turismo. They were only $2 million apart last weekend, and Barbie's just going to hold better. So I go Barbie 2, Gran Turismo 3. Um, Blue Beetle. Yeah, I think Blue Beetle still holds pretty well and stays 4, and then Oppenheimer 5. So, Clayton, would you like to give your top five predictions for this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... See equalizer number one, obviously 33. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Barbie, I just think is still strong. I think Barbie is going to be number two. This is in number three is where it gets a little wonky because it could be Oppenheimer. It could be Blue Beetle. It could be Gran Turismo. I, I am not. That is true. I'm not huge on the strength of Gran Turismo. Yeah. Now, Oppenheimer, if we're right about this, a lot of the dads are going to jump off the Oppenheimer train and see Equalizer 3. So 
I'm going to go Blue Beetle. Wow. For number three. I love it. And then I'm going to go Gran Turismo. And then I'm going to go Oppenheimer. And it's going to be close. I mean, it's going to be very, very close. Yep. Yeah. I like that train of thought. I, too, will go Equalizer, 33.3. Barbie at number two, 11 million, probably. Um, You're right. This trio of films could honestly stack up either way. We know that Gran Turismo was not the number one film this last weekend. Everybody knows that except for Sony Pictures. Yeah. So Gran Turismo really only made about 12, and that puts it almost right at Blue Beetle. Um, So I'm going to go – I'm going to also go Blue Beetle. Then I'm going to go Op. Then I'm going to go Gran Turismo number five. Okay. All the way down to the bottom of that top five. I just don't think this thing has many more laps. I think whatever it did Mm. this weekend was probably about hopefully good enough. I don't know what Sony spent on that film, but whatever it was. Wow. It was too much. Uh, Orlando Bloom looked amazing. I will say that. He was in the wrong movie, but man, he looked amazing. Denzel kicks uh, uh, Orlando Bloom's ass in an alley. Oh, oh, right. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, not even. No. Okay. Close. Just you, know, you know what's an interesting one? David Harbour. Yeah. And yeah. Denzel. I think he puts up a scrappy fight. Yeah, yeah. Harbor's a big dude. He is younger. Denzel still probably kills him at the end, but I think Harbor puts up the best fight of any of these stars. I yeah. think Denzel is limping out of that alley. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 For it sure. might be his for final sure. fight for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you know what? There is a good potential villain for a future Equalizer movie. Uh, David, David Harbor in there. <laughs> that is a perfect villain for a dad movie. Yeah. With Denzel. That, that's, that's his that's probably where his career is headed, right? He's gonna be making a lot of money as a villain, like in Expendables 5. Mm-hmm. I could see David Harbour just jumping into that one. Yeah. Um yeah. he he really does have that. I mean, he's not gonna be a leading man. He never really was a leaning a leading man, but I could see him being the next Bond villain, the next yes. fast fast eleven bill, villain. There are many roads this man can go down. Yes. Yes, he's got that. He's got the heft to be yeah. to be a villain in that level of movie. Many well, roads, but they're all evil. <laughs> yeah, they all, all sure. evil roads. All evil roads. Yeah, they're all so like the devil. So, uh, Clayton, I think it's time we get into it, and you know, in a bit, we'll tell listeners how we stay so sharp when we do our fall preview. But I think let's start by getting right into this fall preview now because it's it's just so enticing. That, that we've got to jump into it. Um, Jeff, it is fall movie season. It is uh, September, October, November is what we have decided will be the fall season. We'll go up through Thanksgiving. And before we get into individual movies, where is your state of the film industry right now as we look ahead to this fall? You know, compared to last fall, same time when you had Things like a Black Panther coming out in November. You had Black Adam coming out. But, you know, we had a rough September, if I remember, last year. It was Don't Worry Darling felt like maybe the biggest thing coming out in September. So where where's your big picture thoughts on this fall 2023 season compared to what we had last year? 
I mean, we definitely have more product this year, and that's going to help. I think we saw that actually help this summer, too. Uh, once Barbenheimer hit, it kind of lifted all boats, uh, TMN, TMNT, Meg 2. Uh, those things rose because of the success. So I think, and, and this is pretty obvious when we look at the September schedule, guys, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sequels out of eight big mm. films. Seven out of eight are sequels. Are you kidding me? What is this? Is this is this Native American summer here that mm -hmm, we're dealing with? Mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. the second coming of summer as Hollywood yep. has defined it. Yeah. Uh, we have Equalizer 3, obviously, 3 Equalizer. The Nun 2, My Big Fat 3, mm. Haunting in Venice, which is also a part three. Mm -hmm. The Expendables 4, Paw Patrol 2, and Saw X. And those mm -hmm. are all in a row every week. Listen, Hollywood basically gave up. They said, you know what? People will not go to September movies. So let's just throw out a shitload of sequels. And I know that people will go see those. And they're right. This September yep. will probably do pretty decent business for September. I mean, we have three threequels. Again, guys, that magic number three in September. I don't know that that's ever happened in the history of the box office. I haven't even checked, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Yeah, and we, we get so close with none two being a two instead of a three. And I feel like yeah. there's so many movies that happened in that conjuring universe that there had to be some none adjacent movie that could have made this none two and none three. We could call it none three. It doesn't I go think, anywhere. Yeah, I think I think for the purposes of this threequel heavy discussion, it's none three opening up soon. Yeah, the sequel thing usually I would say, man, that's rough. That is a sign that they're creatively bankrupt. And it kind of is. But I do agree with you. Like you said, it's September. And September has always been such a tough month at the movies. Yeah. I don't hate the fact that there are so many sequels opening up. Because at least there is plenty of brand recognition with these movies. Well, it's the beginning of the school year. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, listen, as adults who have jobs, we still get that feeling that we get, even if we don't have kids, of the new season starting, the new schedule starting, the new mm -hmm. school year starting. I still feel it, even though it bears no nothing onto my life. Like I, right. I, it doesn't affect my life in any way. So right. when you have these films that feel familiar, I think it'll be comfortable to audiences because they can sort of slip into a warm bath while they're getting those Sunday scaries. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I think, I'm not saying that these movies are going to succeed because they do feel a little stale to me, but I do think it is a smart move and it could work to have so much familiarity being available right here at the jump of the beginning of the real year where, you know, January is the beginning of the actual calendar year, but you know, September is like the beginning of a new school year, which we all still look at as like a, a, a new beginning. We yeah. all still buy crayons and markers, whether we're going to school or not. Right. I buy yeah. new notebooks because they're cheap. I'm like, uh, Oh, a dollar for a notebook. I will go yeah. buy one. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, yeah. they just opened a target near me. And I went in there and they had school supplies. Uh, I bought a notebook. Yeah, yeah. see? Why not? Yeah. I, I, I bought I a pencil case. Sticks. Yeah. 
Well, those, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, those are yeah. so tasty. They're handy. Yeah, they, they are. They, I mean, handy. Tastes as good as before, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at just last September 2022 in comparison, just scrolling through some of the movies that opened last year. And the, the most recognizable movies that came out in theaters, you know, you had Barbarian, which was a modest horror hit, got to like 40 million. Uh, Clerks 3 on its roadshow. Uh, uh, the Woman King, which I think got to what fifty or sixty domestic, that came out September sixteenth last year. Um, and, and like I said, Don't Worry, Darling, on the twenty third was kind of the first big ish movie of September, and then Bros on September thirtieth, which totally bombed. You look at last September compared to this year. I mean, that was a real graveyard in terms of just movies that had any potential to do business. So when you look at this September and again, they're all sequels, but stuff like equalizer three, none two, um, you've got, uh, uh, saw X and you know, these, uh, expendables Four. these are all movies that potentially could open to 25 million or higher, you know, or 30 million or higher. Yeah, and I think last year I was also scrolling through that. The only we only had one film, which was Smile, open above twenty million. Smile that that is the one I missed in my scroll. That was obviously such a savior of yeah. the box office this time last year. Um, I mean, let's start then with horror. Looking uh, in September and October, where do we see the smiles? What do, do we think there's a smile? in this group of horror movies, um, at least when the October movies, I mean, none too. Does that feel like something that's going to break out? That first movie did pretty big business, but I don't feel like it was particularly loved. And I feel like the conjuring verse has had a bit of a downturn. I mean, I'd put none too on a list of things that I think is going to disappoint. And I could be wrong. It's in that prime, like early September Warner Brothers slot. It, none one, and all that. But I, I, I kind of feel like none two could sort of break the rule of horror always wins. I don't know because it didn't I mean? God forgive me, but the the we just had a horror hit. What was the one that Patrick Wilson? It's not related, but it yeah, was Insidious. Insidious. Insidious Red Door did Baffa Bobo. Mm -hmm. And that is a older sort of franchise, similar sort of franchise to The Conjuring. I think to me, The Nun 2 is looks scary. It's about nuns, which are scary of themselves and possessed nuns, even scarier. Yeah. I mean, when you say disappoint, what do you mean, Pat? Do you mean oh. it's going to bomb? No, the first one opened to 53. I think this is going to get nowhere near that. Now, obviously, it doesn't have to because I can't imagine None 2 is a very costly movie. Uh -huh. um, but this feels like something that's going to open to maybe less than half of what the first one was and Ooh. probably not be super leggy. I mean, I don't see this as our smile. I don't think the None is going to be our smile this year where it's the horror movie that ends up making a hundred million dollars. I think, I think uh, that's pretty bold statement to say it opens at 25 million. Yeah. The Conjuring owns this time frame. They, they just mm -hmm. do. Warner brothers owns this. I think, mm -hmm. 
I think 40 million, somewhere in that 40, high 30s, $40 million range, even though, yeah, I don't think a lot of people said, man, that nun was so good. I can't wait for the sequel. But honestly, it doesn't really matter. This is the start of the leaves changing color, mm. falling out here. People are going to Universal Studios to scare their pants off. Uh, this is exactly the kind of film that does well uh, in this in this arena. Um, Haunting in Venice opens the week after and honestly that's for old people that's for the oldsters uh, uh -huh. to deal yep. with and um and then saw x opening at the end of september now instead of october pretty good move by lionsgate um i think that'll obviously do a lot better than spiral does but we're Much still talking better. that's the film that i say does around 20 million maybe when it opens i i still think the nun probably doubles up on saw x okay uh, I just think that's where we're headed. But the biggest horror film, I think, of the fall season is Exorcist Believer for some of the same reasons that Clayton said. Uh, it's about, you know, it's about Christ and possession. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, even though whether you liked Halloween and what David Gordon Green did with that or not, people will still come back. It's Bloomhouse production. It costs probably nothing, 20 million maybe. Um, and they already have a sequel lined up. This thing is going to be probably the biggest, I think, the biggest uh, poor film of the fall season. All oh, right. Wow. Let's, let, let's stay on that because that is, I mean, that is potentially one of the biggest movies of these three months that we're covering. Um, because if you comp it to the David Gordon Green Halloween movies, that first one opened to what? $80 million? <laughs> Ridiculous number. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not a good comp. Uh, uh, Mike Myers well, has such a following. Those sort of slashers, sort of characters, that they they will when they come back have a big pop. Exorcist, and we've talked about this before. No, I agree. That what what are the hit possession movies that we've had other than the first Exorcist? Well, I mean, they all. There's a lot of them that if we look back, like did well but there is i mean the exorcist the original exorcist is just a monster hit you know of its time that is as blockbuster as it gets and it's all going to depend on and i i don't i i agree i don't know if they'll be able to do this but if they could build that buzz where this is this is the first true direct sequel to the exorcist yeah. which obviously is a lie but it's going to be the marketing which is what they did with Halloween 2018. They basically said yeah. they 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 memory hold every other Halloween sequel and made us feel like that was the first sequel. That's what they're trying to do with Exorcist Believer. I don't know if they will do that, but if they can, this is an event film. Guys, uh, Ellen Ellen Burstyn is in this film from the yeah. original Exorcist. That Pat, that, that is exactly what they're doing here, and yeah. they will do. And you'll see that in the newest trailers. They will link it to the first one. They're going to try to get the oldsters who were freaked out at the, all that vomit hitting their face. Guess what? There's two girls possessed. We got double the amount of possessed girls in this one. There's gonna, It's going to be a vomitorium in theater. I mean, if it were the double mint twins, maybe then I would say I'm going to go see this movie. Here's the thing. I think we're underestimating how poorly the two follow-ups to that first Halloween reboot were looked at by fans and horror aficionados and just general public. I don't think there's much 
goodwill for David Gordon Green horror in this moment. I'm not excited to see this movie. I have no interest in this movie. I actually don't have much interest in the fact that it's a direct sequel to The Exorcist because I don't think that needs to exist. So for me, I feel like this is going to be a big disappointment. But I am with you, Jeff, in that I also think Saw X looks so stale. That is some stale cheese right there. And Pat, I know you're a big oh, I'm, Saw I'm fan. I totally disagree with you on this. I, I think that trailer. is going to be not a disaster, but it certainly is not going to reach the heights uh, that you're expecting. Well, I mean, the Saw movies obviously have a lower expectation than an Exorcist sequel. So with the Exorcist believer, they are going for this is going to be huge. This is going to be the biggest movie of October, maybe of September, October. And with the Saw movies, I do think if Saw X opens at 25 million, that's pretty huge. So Saw X to me as a Saw fan does actually feel fresh in a way that Saw sequels haven't in a while because they're doing the direct sequel to the original thing. And obviously the Saw movie timeline is, is a, is a, total nightmare it's completely impossible but they are pretty much saying this is part two this is the sequel to the first one so it's a pre it is a prequel it is a prequel okay it's a prequel to all the other ones and it may also take place concurrently with several of the sequels but they are doing the thing like halloween and other uh horror Mm -hmm. franchises have done where they're saying a sequel first one which i do think is something but they're not saying this is nothing else exists in this universe they're just slotting i mean this is a saw move you're acting like this is a unique thing all the movies overlap it, it is unique in that the other saw movies are always presented sequentially this one they're saying we're going back to the roots it's different because he's alive presented sequentially no no they have killer the jigsaw killer is clay the jigsaw killer has been dead tell me to calm down jeff are you hearing this shit he's telling me to calm down he's screaming at me what i'm saying is pat the you're spinning this in a way it's like you're being uh, are you lion's gates puppet here these movies have always been numbered sequentially i'm not a jigsaw puppet because this is X, so it is sequential, right? Yes, yes, but they yes. always are in a different sliding timeline. It, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if you're Saw 4. Saw 4 could take place before Saw 1. It doesn't matter. You can look this. I mean, that's not verbatim. Sure, but in the trailer, but, in the trailer, in the trailer, which is the marketing that people are going by, they are telling you this happens right after the events of the first one. So that is what they are promoting. And I do think for fans of Saw, that is something different than the other movies have promised. No matter what timeline the movies end up taking place in, the marketing for this is saying, hey, we're going back to our roots. It's a direct <laughs> sequel to the first one. And I you're, think that's you are. Pat, you are excited. Oh, sorry. Jeff, you go. I got to say that right now we're not talking to Pat. We're talking to Pat X. This is a different Pat. And obviously, like like it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers via Lionsgate, who is now taking Pat's skin and is talking to us. So there's nothing we can say, I I don't Mm -hmm. think, that could actually get through to him that Saw X won't be a huge hit. There's nothing we can say. What what is when when you guys say – 
not a huge hit. Like, are you looking at this one at basically doing spiral or slightly above spiral numbers? Like, this is the movie that fully bottoms out the franchise? Because I think my thought is, yes, this movie's not going to open to $40 million, huh? But I huh? do think this movie gets the Saw franchise back on track. I think that trailer for a Saw fan looks like something enticing i think it looks higher rent than the other saw movies like i've said this before just using like a name song in the trailer puts makes us feel like like a something that is bigger than what those saw movies have been before this feels just like a bigger deal than but saw that's the about. only difference pat with the song is the only difference it looks like all the other movies it does not look higher budget it looks like all the other movies. They just bought a song. Yes, but you, that, you, you, they bought you for trailer. a song. That's 13. something in a, in a trailer in marketing, which is what we're going by here. That is enough to make this feel different than Saw movies have felt. I just think this movie is going to do enough business in its opening weekend, the end of September, that it feels like, okay, the Saw movies are more viable than they have been in a long I th- time. I think, I think it does like 20-something million. I think we have to lay it down. Everybody's got to come up with a Saw X number right now. We got to lay it down for the people. They want it. They want the number. Give us an exact number, Pat. Pat X I'm going it opens at $24 million opening weekend. I'm going okay. 13.3 million. So you're going under Jigsaw, which opened at 16. Um, so Pat, you're saying that this is going to open to the same amount that Saw 3D did in 2010. Yes, I do. That's where I think this is. I think it gets it back to that level of the sort of not prime Saw movies, but the late period Saw movies before the bottom started falling out. Remember, Spiral opened at 8.7 million. Oh, Spiral's not a, yeah. I mean, I will even go and say that Spiral is not a a Saw movie. Like (laughs) it it is, but it isn't. I don't think anybody looks at that as in real continuity here. I'm going to say it opens to 16 and I'll tell you why. I think the people who went and saw Jigsaw in October of 2017 are the hardcores. That's all that's left. There's there's not going to be new people who are interested in Saw, maybe one or two. Some of the uh, people who were the hardcores who saw Jigsaw died in sort of contraption accidents, possibly trying to you know emulate their hero. So I think 16 million opening is what this thing will do because that is – the remaining fans of this franchise jigsaw opened um october 27th and i think that originally saw x was supposed to open that weekend before halloween the five nights at freddy's slot on october 27th for some reason lionsgate moved it up maybe they think they got something here um but moving they know they got something here (laughs) moving up to september 29th Honestly, if The Nun 2, if Haunting in Venice both hit, it's a risk because I think it might be a little too much horror and people are going to be waiting for that Exorcist Believer coming out on October 13th. you got to go to a horror movie on Friday the 13th, guys. It doesn't matter what's playing. It's going to be a hit movie. Um, and, and so I think I, I really do think this is just too many saws, Pat. I'm sorry. This is it. This is the nail in the coffin. Um, the so nail. enjoy it. 
but this is the last one. So you think this is what sends Saw to streaming? Yeah. This is the last it's, movie, yeah. and then Saw becomes a streaming Peacock property. Yeah. Post yeah. this movie. I mean, we'll see. A, a star's property, I think. I, I think probably part of why they moved it is they'd rather be opening Saw two weeks after the opening of None 2 and yeah. Haunted Venice, which I think, I mean, I think None 2 is a maybe has a big first weekend and then totally falls off the map. Haunting in Venice, I feel like that is a that is a bomb. Whereas Exorcist Believer is the type of movie that it could open well and it could be very leggy if it's good. Um, well, I mean, let's let's get back on 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 Exorcist well, Believer because Clayton, you think that is also going to be a bomb. Like, talk to why you think the I mean. The Exorcist sequel is going to be... Because there's been this Exorcist sequels, Pat. That's why. And none of them... Listen, I love Exorcist 3. I think that's a great movie. It was not a hit. Any any Exorcist sequels, anytime they've tried to do anything with The Exorcist, it's been uh, uh, terrible. And it's done terrible. So I don't understand now. They're just slapping on a fresh coat of paint, putting a guy that basically destroyed any goodwill anybody had for that reboot of of halloween and putting him on this project and thinking that we're going to eat the same slop i think that is actually really offensive and oh, i mean we'll talk to brett when he comes on you know of the new flesh he might have a different thought process in this but this movie actually kind of offends my sensibilities and so i won't go see it because of that and the <laughs> fact that I'm sorry. Did you see the Pope's Exorcist by any chance? I did not, I did not see the Pope's Exorcist. 76, but, uh, 76 million worldwide just because it had the word exorcist in it. Yeah. That's worldwide, though. We're talking domestic. It, yeah. We're talking a different animal, right? Because, I mean, over in Italy, they love that sort of shit. But here in America, listen, we, we, we don't feel the same way. I think we had one exorcist, and that was it. Uh, now. This is the now, this is the beginning. This is the you're not a you're saying you're not a believer. He's not a believer. You're not a yeah. believer. Yeah. I and I'm I'm iffy on this one too, but I do think they are putting everything into this is an event film because it is the first real sequel to the first one and people Forget about that stuff. Also, I do think the David Gordon Green thing is negligible because yeah. this movie is not being promoted around him. And I no, don't smart. Good. Anyone, don't. Sure. Sure. But I don't think anyone, a real person, really knows who he is one way or the other. I don't think him directing that first yeah. hit Halloween matters as a positive. I don't think him directing the two that people don't like as much matters as a negative i think he's just a guy who will deliver this movie on time for the studio and i don't think those halloween movies matter at all to people in terms of like he directed the two i don't like so i'm not going to go see this extra movie nobody knows that nobody cares that doesn't matter yeah i mean oh sorry go horror film fanatics they know who david gordon green and they either love him or they hate him right now right but again outside of that community we are talking about and i I think pat's right on the money here that that there is an older audience that will be attracted 
to this film because they're still attracted to Ellen Burstein, right? So they're going to go see this because of that connective tissue. And that's what a lot of these legacy whores are banking on. Universal and Bloomhouse, what? They're going to spend $20 million on this thing? And mm-hmm. then maybe $20 million on The Deceiver, which is the sequel to this thing? Uh, they already set it up as a one-two punch. I just have to believe Bloomhouse knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think the tracking on this thing is going to get bigger and bigger as we get closer. Uh, Saw X isn't moving the needle for anybody but Pat. So mm-hmm. it'll be like there's been a month without a horror film. And that's when The Exorcist will open to big numbers, I think. But yeah. Jeff, they bought a song for the trailer. That doesn't mean anything to you? They yeah. bought a song? Did they buy the original song? No, they they just no, they just paid for. He's it. making a snide comment uh, about her. <laughs> they they, they paid for a song for the trailer. That's a big that's a big move. So Clayton and Jeff, I'll throw over and under fifty million dollars for the opening weekend. I mean, could this movie get to over fifty million? I mean, I think that's where they want it to be. Yeah. You know, Halloween ends opening at eighty plus was astounding in twenty eighteen. So I think. That's that won't happen. On the table, but Exorcist is one of the biggest movies ever. And I know Clayton, there's been a million Exorcist movies, but I think it's the kind of thing that people kind of forget. And this feels like the marketing is telling us all this is the true first time we've ever had a sequel yeah. to this. I think 50 million. I might not go over that, but to me, that feels like where the over under should be. I think you're close. Uh, I'm going to go, even I'm not at that big of a believer, but I'll say 45 million, which is pretty right. damn close. Right. And obviously right. makes its budget back and then some opening weekend. It covers mm-hmm. both of the films actually opening weekend. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's about where, you know, we're what a month and a half out. And I feel like as we get closer to the opening, that's going to be where the tracking ends up. You know, I think it's going to end up in that, yeah, yeah, maybe it's 45, maybe it's 50, maybe it's 55, but it's going to end up in that range. I, I don't see the tracking a week out being, oh, this movie's going to open to 30. And that you know? would probably be the biggest opening of September and October, guys. Yes. In totality, unless you think Killers of the Flower Moon with a uh, four hour running time can somehow beat that. It's just, I don't see that happening. Well, Oppenheimer, I mean, I know he's not Nolan, but I mean, there's a possibility well, that could be very huge because of this mm-hmm. new audience that's into historical yeah. sort of films. I agree. Um, it'll be big. I just don't know that it can open like that, even though it has that October 20th weekend all to itself. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Apple uh, through Paramount promotes this. You don't have to promote D- it's DiCaprio, it's De Niro, it's Scorsese, right? You don't need to sell it to people. People know this movie. People will go to this movie. I just wonder how long, how many people can sit through four hours in one sitting? I know they can do three, but can they do three and a half? That is pushing it, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, let's stay on that because, you know, there was some news related to this movie where Killers of Flower Moon, the new Scorsese DiCaprio movie from Apple and Paramount, was supposed to open in a limited release a few weeks earlier in October. Instead, they're going full, you know, we don't have a theater count, but they keep saying wide release. So domestic wide release, international, same day, full global release. And I think partially to me, the Dune move out of November, I think is partially a reason why 
Paramount and Apple might be going even stronger with this movie because it's going to kind of have the the big path as the big adult star-driven Oscar bait blockbuster movie. And I think they want best picture for this movie. And I think a big box office run does gain a lot of points towards winning best picture because you look at Oppenheimer, that movie is a gigantic blockbuster, you know, box office juggernaut. And it's the favorite for best picture right now. So to me, Killers of the Flower Moon, their Oscar campaign starts with opening weekend. So, I mean, let's stick on this movie. Could this be... You know, it's not going to be Oppenheimer, but could this be a movie that opens and has a hundred million dollar domestic total? You know, it opens to a number that gets it to over a hundred million dollars domestic when all said and done. Is this that type of movie? Uh, Oh, I mean, listen, I mean, it's going to have IMAXs, right? Yes. Because Dune gave up that whole yep. block of IMAXs, which yep. is a reason why people said you shouldn't move, you shouldn't move. And they moved yep. because they want Zendaya to tweet. Mm-hmm. And they has, don't trust that it's true. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, that is the reason. You know, there's, you know, Butler, there's, uh, there's Chalamet, but really yep. Zendaya is a generational star to young people. They need her to be eating hot wings. So, yep. That is why I think also, like you said, this thing is moving and getting a wide release. I think I would I would I would bet a lot of money that this thing is a hundred million because it's got Leo. Yes. And other than the Joker, he is the biggest star in the world. I'm saying over Tommy Cruz, because we yeah. saw what Mission Impossible 7 did. And I know, listen. I'm not trying to crucify the guy. I'm not trying to put the guy up on a pedestal and knock him down. But here's the thing. Leo is so consistent. Leo mm-hmm. makes movies where he he gets mauled by a bear and looks like shit the whole time. He makes those $100 million movies, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy, plus, plus Scorsese, plus a huge bestseller. This book was a bestseller. This yeah. was a book that people who don't read books read. Yeah. And that means a lot. I think it's a, I mean, I would almost say it's a slam dunk. This thing makes a hundred. Yeah. I mean, if it gets me, the I, right release, if, I mean, yeah, listen, if this is real, it. if this is real and they're really going to release this as an actual movie, I say it makes a hundred million dollars. If they pull a net Netflix bullshit where they're like, yeah, we're going to do a wide release, but we're not going to tell you how much it made. I mean, that's some horseshit. We'll see how Apple plays the game. But I think that this thing has a very, very good chance of making 100 mil. Can they do an intermission, though? Because, like you said, this is going to reach the Oppenheimer audience, which we all know skewed older. Or mm-hmm. do they hand out adult diapers with the popcorn? Or it's the popcorn comes in an adult diaper. You know, mm, or yeah. wrapped around the popcorn, you know? Right. So so and it goes to everybody, so nobody has to look around and feel uncomfortable about doing it. You guys, you don't want to miss a second of this. You're gonna have to pee your pants while you're watching this film. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's three hours and twenty-six minutes long. Right. That is, right. That is honestly the only thing that I I, I would keep it like I'm saying ninety-eight million because I just want to hold the line there. Um because it is so long, but you're right. I think Clayton, you're right. This was a huge bestseller. 
And and a lot of those oldsters, this is going to be their event for the fall. They are going to mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be like, guys, I'm uh, yeah, I'm getting older and things hurt, but I'm going to go to that theater. We're all going to go. All my friends and I are going to go. And we're going to sit for three and a half hours, four hours plus previews and watch a film. And that is going to be the thing that we do for this day and plan our flag and say, we can still do it. We're still young at heart. You know what I mean? Like it'll yeah. be an event to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I want to see the TikTok challenge where it's I peed at this point. So, yeah. you know, you say, when this happened, that's when I peed in my yeah. pants, right? So, like, yeah, I think the adult diaper thing is great. I think it should be embraced more. I think it should be normalized. I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with, Absolutely. you know, peeing yourself during a long sort of movie or concert or something like that. I mean, I think that's an acceptable thing, and I think it should be embraced by the TikTok community. Yeah. yeah, we should and start I think, that, probably. And I think Scorsese is the perfect person to push that. He's obviously <laughs> someone I think crosses generations. And as an older statesman, he is the perfect one to push the adult diapers and the movie. Uh, here, Here's something, you know, this movie opens in October. It does not seem like the actor's strike will be resolved. By then, maybe it will be, but there's a good chance that Leah will not be available to promote this film. I'll say I don't think that matters because he never does. Exactly. It's it's not like Leah was going to do carpool karaoke. He wasn't going to be, you know, hosting SNL or sit on Johnny's couch in October. He's not talking about his favorite snacks. Right. Right. I I think with Leo, the trailer is the sell. And I think just the trailer being out there and the commercials being out there that Leo's in this, I, I think that's all you need. I don't think it matters that he's not available to to go on the chat shows. Because this is his this is his only film si- that's been released theatrically, truly. Yeah. Since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Don't look up. As terrible as that movie is, millions and millions of people watched it. It was one of the biggest Netflix movies ever, if you believe their statistics, which I don't. But I do believe that a movie that has Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Leo in it is going to be watched uh, uh, a lot, let's yeah. just say. I just I just know that that's the case. Leo so, is, yeah. Yeah. Leo's one of the last movie stars we have, right? Yeah. You said it. He is one of the last that he doesn't have a TikTok account. We know he dates models, and that's about all we know about him. And mm-hmm. I like it that way. I don't want to know anything more about it. That, that you know, also he's an environmentalist, and he dates models, and he does hella great movies that make a million, a hundred million dollars every time out. So mm-hmm. it is hard to bet against him. The only thing I, I'm wondering, and like you guys both said, is Paramount are Paramount and Apple going to treat this like a legit release and drop it in 3000 theaters opening weekend and not 1500, you know, mm-hmm. and not just on IMAX screens, you know, because it's so prestigious. Um, you do hope it just gets a very traditional Paramount release in October and just steamrolls through the fall into the holiday season. And, and that's where honestly, because of the lack of product, that's where it can make its money. It can it mm-hmm. can seriously make a lot of bank in November and December as it competes. If it does compete with Oppenheimer um, for that best picture slot, which a lot of people are imagining that it will, 
um, it could bring on a whole new life as we get into that award season and people start talking about how great this is and how great Leo is and how could we ever say Scorsese was washed up. You know, <laughs> this is just, this is where we're at. I, I, and I think that, I think you're right. Um, what do you guys think though, the opening weekend is then for this three hour and 26 minute film uh, once upon a time in Hollywood opened with 41 million. Mm-hmm. Couple years ago, Oppenheimer obviously with over eighty. Did what eighty? Yeah. Right. So, what do you guys think? What is the number? Yeah, I think that it could hit thirty. You know, and it again, it depends. You you know, we'll see in September where the marketing on this really is. But I think if you're seeing ads for this at on NFL games in the fall, and you're seeing, you know, just billboards everywhere obviously the trailer is going to be on attached to a lot of movies in in the fall but i do think if you're seeing this promoted during the nfl then you do have a movie that they're seriously pushing and could touch that older audience get some of that oppenheimer audience and could open to 30 you know and i think if if it opens to 25 or 30 then it's gonna i you know I think it's going to be leggy enough to get over a hundred, hundred and twenty. You know, which to me is is is, is a win. If this movie yeah. gets to one, you know, one ten plus, that's a big success for what we all kind of thought of as a as an Apple streaming movie. Yeah. So and I, and I think I, I think that's a path there. And listen, if this is greatly reviewed and it's a surefire best picture contender. It could leg out, play through the winter, and and end up at like 150, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of young people that their first real movie was Oppenheimer. Their first actual film was Oppenheimer. And they're going to have an appetite for these sort of films. And that is going to help Killer of the Fla- Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Absolutely, so- yeah. I think Clayton's right on that. And I think that um, it's just funny because – Killers of the Flower Moon, um, you know, are we going back now to the 70s, which would be great, where all these auteurs are making three-hour mm-hmm. films that people are actually going to watch? And, I mean, if a talkie like Oppenheimer can be released on IMAX and become one of the top five IMAX films of all time, guys, we're in pretty good shape theatrically, mm-hmm. right? Like, we have found a new audience because it's not the old audience that saw Oppenheimer. It's a lot, like you said, it's a lot of the newsters that got on board and decided I'm going to watch this thing. And maybe because it was Barbenheimer and maybe they jumped on board, it doesn't matter why, but they did. And now they're in touch with these classic auteurs like Nolan and, and hopefully Scorsese. And who knows, maybe Spielberg will make a film that people will actually go see next. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he he's due for one. He has not had a great post-pandemic run, unfortunately. But yeah, I think I think the youngsters could find their way to Spielberg if he gets his stuff together. But we're talking about, I think, the biggest movies of September, October, November. So what do we think of? I mean, to me, the movie that you would think in these three months is the slam doink biggest box office potential of any of these big movies you would think it's the marvel movie you know you've got the marvels opening up what is that early november 
um, the Marvels opens up on November 10th. And in a normal, you know, a couple of years ago, you said, of course, that's the biggest movie of the season. Last year, Black Panther 2 was the biggest movie of the fall season. It's a Marvel movie. The first one made a billion. Is this going to be the biggest movie of those three months? Is this, is this, is there any chance that somehow this movie isn't as big as Killers of Flower Moon, isn't as big as uh, Exorcist Believer? Like, where are we at on this? Because, again, you would think Marvel's, which is Captain Marvel 2, is going to be gigantic. But I don't know if any of us could say that right now. It's a tough call. Marvel's is still sitting there on November 10th. Um, Obviously, Dune 2 jumped out of that November 3rd slot. And it's yeah. gone to next spring. So there's nothing opening on November 3rd right now, which is technically the start of the holiday movie season. To not have a film there is embarrassing for Hollywood. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Disney, I don't know what they're doing or why they're not doing it. Do they think that they need um, the stars of the Marvels to advertise their film? Is that what they're waiting for to say, hey, we might just move this thing? I, I can't imagine that they will. Because I don't the think Marvels they will. Is- is going to do Marvel's business, whatever that is. And you're right, Pat, I think it is a lot. It's it's not doing the billion that the original Captain Marvel did. Um, this feels a lot more like low, lower end tier, low tier Marvel, uh, you know, six, maybe a 60, $70 million opening somewhere wow. in there that we're used to, which, which is low. But again, Disney has to move that up to the November 3rd slot just mm-hmm. to give them some separation from Hunger Games, Trolls Band Together, <laughs> Next Goal Wins, which I think is going to actually surprise some people. Um, those are opening November 17th. So Marvel's needs to jump up to that November 3rd spot. Again, it's not going to help it that much, but maybe this thing does $175 million domestic, I think, on a good day, if it gets the right reviews. I know for a Marvel, that isn't great, right? I mean, hell, Trolls Band Together could end up grossing more than the Marvel's. Wow. Uh, because of how light the holiday season is, once we get in December, there's just not a lot of stuff like where you there's no Avatar 2 out there. All we got is Aquaman and uh, Wonka. And 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 honestly, uh, there's Migration. There's another animated film from Universal. So Trolls Band Together is going to have a long run in theaters, unlike uh, Trolls 2, which was cut short by the pandemic. I think it made less than a million dollars domestically. Um, so people are Jones and they can't wait for this Trolls 3 because they they really felt like they got the short end of the stick with Trolls 2, right? And we all right. do, right? We wanted to right. see Timberlake on the big screen doing his thing, shaking his booty. Um, and, and we're going to see that with part three. <laughs> Again, should, is there a misopportunity? Should there be a Trolls 2 re-release? Oh, leading on, into Trolls 3. On November 3rd, absolutely, there should yeah. be. Yeah. Well, I look at this Dune 2 move as so lucky for Marvels. Yeah. Because if that movie comes out when it's supposed to come out, I feel like it totally eclipses Marvels in every single way. Mm-hmm. Because I really, you know, I was... I always sort of dislike the Marvel movies. I, I, I will say that. So maybe I'm not the best person to say this, but right now 
superhero stuff, especially Marvel, seems like the corniest BS to a lot of people. Secret Invasion was not watched. People despise it. And the star of this film, one of the stars of this film, was in the lowest rated Marvel TV show, Miss Marvel. It's done by a director that seems, I mean, I've heard interviews. I mean, she doesn't seem like she had a very good time working for Marvel. The star of this film, Brie Larson, has completely just become a YouTube influencer, not a movie star anymore. She was barely a blip in Fast X. Any charisma she once had seems to have completely drained out of her. And so we're left with a movie that's being described as wacky, which is never good because Ant-Man Quantumania was wacky and we know what happened with that film. I think this thing is a disaster waiting to happen. It's also super short, which you would think is a good thing because these movies are too long. But to me, I feel like they might've just butchered the hell out of this thing because it was so terrible. Yeah, it's well, it's interesting. You know, I get all that Clayton and I can't disagree, but Jeff, you're throwing out there. This movie opens at 60. So right now we're, ju- we're, are we looking at captain Marvel to the marbles is in the black Adam range? Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, then it really nothing. I, I would say nothing shows how far the superhero genre has fallen. If we are all basically agreeing that Marvel's two is opening in black Adam territory. And that's sort of the long range forecast, because to me, as, as much as I agree on all those points about why the Marvels is in bad shape, I was looking at the over under as quantum mania and that movie opens at a hundred. So yeah. if, if basically 60, 70 now is the long range thought for the opening, that's a terrible sign for the superhero genre. It's also danger for the box office in general. Cause a year ago, even in a down fall period, Wakanda Forever opened at what? 180 million on November 11th. So to go from a movie that opened at 180 million in the slot last year to a movie that we're thinking opens at 60 or 70, this I mean, is bad for theaters. Black Widow opened to 60 in 2020. You yeah, know? Black Widow, I think, opened to 90 that year. I'll double check, but I think Black Widow opened to like 90 plus another 30 million in PVOD at that time. I mean, um, I think I think Eternals is the compare here. A 71 million domestic opening, 164 oh. million domestic total, barely over 400 worldwide. Um, I think, honestly, that's that seems about right on target for Marvels, and that's not a great start. You're right to the holiday season, and it probably won't get to 70. I don't think it might push wow. there again because only because Warner Brothers did them a solid and moved Dune, like Clayton said. That was the best thing that could have ever happened to Disney, and I'm not sure why Warner Brothers honestly did it because uh, Zendaya, uh, people aren't going to Dune Part Two, a hardcore sci-fi film, because she tweets a lot. You know, they, they are the, the same people that went to the first one. Those are the people that are going to the second one. It's not going to just be 
I know when it opened, but it was never going to be a $70 million opener. It was going to be probably 50 million, which is about, mm-hmm. about 10 million more than the original. So a little bump, but not much. It, it doesn't matter where you open that film. You don't need the actors to push this film. It's Dune for Christ's sakes. Everybody knows what it is already. It's the, the action part of part one. And this is what the people want to see. Right. So it, that was just a boneheaded move by Warner Brothers. Uh, a, a number of boneheaded moves, except for making Barbie. Um, they 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 made a lot of them. Uh, they destroyed, they obliterated the DC Shield this summer with Flash and Blue Beetle. Uh, and who the hell knows what Aquaman 2 is going to do? I mean, I haven't the slightest. I will, you know, like you said, Pat, we'll get into talking about holiday movies later. But uh, Marvel's is going to be a disappointment no matter if it opens November 3rd or November 10th. And get used to disappointment because then the Hunger Game opens November 17th. Oh, the of songbirds and snakes. That's a bomb. Yeah. Uh, well, Black Widow made 80. You're right, Pat. Um, talking, I mean, Hunger Games, I mean, that looks like it was shot in a back lot. That looks like it was shot in like a burned down warehouse somewhere yeah. in Yugoslavia. So that thing looks terrible, but uh, yeah, Marvel's the the my fear here is Marvel's opens under Black Adam, and wow. we get another round of The Rock saying, "Why no Black Adam too?" Right. If my movie opened bigger than Marvel's, because he is going to be under the false assumption that another movie's failure makes your movie a success which is right. not the case but that is what the, that is what he's working under right now uh so yeah marvel's in in deep deep trouble so then you know those you know those to me feel like the three possible big movies of these three months uh exorcist believer killers of flower moon and the marvels in these three Months, September, October, November, you know, we're, we're again, we're stopping after Thanksgiving, so we're not going into Napoleon and so on. I mean, Jeff, do you see anything else here that is a potential hundred million dollar grocer or a movie that is going to be a bigger grocer than any of those three that we talked about? Is there something we're missing? I mean, that the could only- break out. The only possibility, honestly, is Trolls Band Together. Uh, you know, wow. we make fun of these universal films, but they do well and they hold well. The only the only issue with Trolls is that release date. I think what Universal should do, since Disney is just sitting there twiddling its thumbs, they should move that to November 3rd and have one, two, three weeks before Disney's wish opens over Thanksgiving, right? So that's going to be the big animated film over Thanksgiving. You don't want it opening a week before that. If Universal mm-hmm. is no, even if they don't, you know what? I would say Universal do this. I don't care if the Marvels moves up to November 3rd. We're putting Trolls there. We're going to kick off the holiday season with Trolls 3. And, wow. and honestly, that would put them probably into the upper tier of highest grossing fall movies. You know, like you said, Killers of the Flower Moon could have a great run. That's a possibility. Marvel's is going to do, you know, 170, maybe. It's definitely not doing 200, right? Right. Um, it's got to do over 100. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to do over 100. And, and Hunger Games... 
domestic, like total will probably be over a hundred. I mean, guys, the last Hunger Games Mockingjay Part Two opened. If if you can believe this, it opened at one hundred and two million. That's crazy, right? That's a yeah. crazy number, and did two hundred eighty-one million domestic and over six hundred and fifty million worldwide. And that's where we left things off. But uh, it's Jennifer right. Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. and it's, this is dirty and down, and just this is a money grab. And isn't this Rachel Rachel Zegler? Isn't yeah. she in this? And she's not a star. I mean, no. uh, who's going to see Rachel Ziegler? It's just this is bad news. This has bad. This is Lionsgate just reaching for something. They probably way overspent on this thing, um, and and they're not getting another trilogy out of it. This is one and done for Lionsgate. Uh, it'll be a big fail for them, and they'll go back to figuring out how to do John Wick five and six yeah. and seven. I I. The Hunger Games thing is interesting because obviously Rachel Ziegler's not Jennifer Lawrence, but Jennifer Lawrence wasn't Jennifer Lawrence when the first one opened. You know, like the Hunger Games movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, if if I am missing, she had a big box office hit before that. That's what made her a star. She had gotten, I think, the Oscar nomination for Winner's Bone, but that's what made her a box office star. Then she had the David O. Russell run where she had other big box office hits mixed with the Hunger Games movies. So I get the idea with this Hunger Games sequel of, okay, we could make a new star with Rachel Zegler. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I get why they had to do this. You know, it's also probably part of a, if they don't make the movie after a certain number of years, they lose the rights to the the book. Possibly, it's probably one of those situations. Yeah, I feel like that's the case. Yeah, um, I, I they had to do this. You know, the that IP is so known, that book series is so gigantic, and there is the chance that people are just so into that brand that they just want to see the new Hunger Games movie. It's. Of of to me of all the other potential movies, it's the only thing that could break out in a big way where maybe it's better than we think, and the brand is so strong that it opens to sixty and then ends up being a movie that makes one fifty plus. I I agree. I'd be surprised if that's the case, but I, I think we're discounting a little bit just how big those books were. How many you know? young people are maybe still reading those for the first time. The and... YA adaption craze has cratered though. I mean, that feels to me so 2010s. Sure. You know, this, and is, I... this is the one that hit, you know, this is the IP. This is the brand that, that people remember or know as opposed to, yeah, but, all of the other this, YA ones. Have you watched the trailer, Pat? Have you watched the trailer no, yet? I have. I, I okay. totally get it. I do get it. I think, though, that this IP could be bigger than we're giving it credit for right here. This, but, to me, feels like, and every time you go to prequel, it always makes me cringe because I know the box office stories of prequels no. and it's not a good story and it's never a good ending. It just isn't because you're going mm -hmm. back to before you're losing all dramatic tension in your story. And I know this is new characters, but this to me feels like it feels like what Harry Potter tried to do. And they did it once successfully mm -hmm. making a new series out of, out of Harry Potter, but we saw how it crashed and burned by the third one, the, the 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 spirit of Dumbledore, whatever the hell they ended up calling that, that right. series, they even they even switched who their 
they're uh, they were following by the third film. They're like, okay, you know what? This new this new guy, nobody likes him. So let's let's move on. You know, so the wizarding world was never the same. And now they're going to reboot the whole goddamn thing because it failed so spectacularly. That's what I feel is going to happen with the ballad of songbirds and snakes. Even it's the a title rough title. Yeah, the title of it makes me cringe. It, cr- it makes me cringe for Lionsgate. Like, I actually feel sorry for Lionsgate for having to release this film, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just, I, I, I think it, it's lucky to get to 120 million, even, even because, and only because, again, there's just not a lot of product out there. So you're right, Pat, in one respect, I think maybe uh, all of these films that, that we're sort of bagging on will do okay because... People want to go see something, right? And even though they're not great films, sometimes the right film at the right time is the right film. Now, now what is Lionsgate's gambit here? Because it feels like they're, you know, it doesn't feel like they are releasing three films that are sequels or prequels to things that they own that did well for them in the past, right? So we're talking... Um, uh, Expendables, which Expendable 4 is coming out, which we haven't yeah. talked about, which I think is actually going to be a huge bomb. Um, we have The Hunger Games, which also is going to bomb. And then Saw X, right? right? right. These are all franchises that made them money in the past and are all being released in this fall season, right? Is there anything to this other than, well, all these movies were ready and we're just releasing them now? Uh, part of it is, I think that part of it is, do you want to buy us right. other studios? Hey, Lionsgate, look at all the properties we have at Lionsgate. People love these properties. Someone, please put us out of our misery and just buy Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. what Lionsgate is saying by releasing these fields. You're right. Expendables 4, nobody nobody cares about that franchise, you know, and um, it, it's just, it, it's kind of a sad state of where Lionsgate is, where if they didn't have John Wick, you guys, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know that they would be around. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. What, what did mm-hmm. they, uh, what did they put out this summer? Two comedies that completely bombed Joyride mm-hmm. and uh, whatever that one with De Niro was. It certainly wasn't the war with oh. grandpa part two, oh. you nope. know, about my father. Yeah. It's all about the grandpas. Yeah. And and Lionsgate just has no direction, so they're going back to their silly bag of sequel tricks. And this isn't fooling anybody except for Pat X. Uh, you know, there, there's yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I'm, I I'm in I'm in my puppet skin, and yeah, I think so. You are, you're in your puppet skin. And if they put out another uh, Police Academy, I would be in Warner Brothers puppet skin because I would be all over Gutenberg and whoever's still alive in those. I would go see it opening. Are you kidding? I would see it every day of the first weekend. You know, That's a legacy sequel. Yeah, what's I would love it. Yeah, um, so I, I yeah. I mean, Expendables Four quickly. Is there any? What is the value add on this one? I feel like in those other sequels, they kind of brought back everyone who people would joke would be in an Expendables movie. Like Gibson's mm-hmm, yeah. been in these. Harrison Ford's been in these. Kurt Russell, I think, has been in these. Like, who is the new? value add in expendables four is mr t in this movie they got the guy from the pepsi commercial that all the girls were ogling back in the 90s remember him okay from 18 wheels of justice he's he's i guess in it that's that's something that's that's not that's not quite tony jaws in it right is jet lee in this one i think now if they would have got jackie chan 
I think they mm-hmm. that would have boosted them. Did well, they have, did they have Cynthia Rothrock ever? I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, Megan Fox is in this one because yeah, she Fox is completely. Um, she's completely uh, come over to the action side, which I don't yeah. think is a bad idea no. for her career-wise. Keeps you in shape, and keeps, there's plenty yeah. of direct-to-video, direct-to-streaming uh, money there for somebody who had the stardom that she once had. I yeah, mean, I I'm looking anything- at the cast list and. It seems like they are really bare bones in this. I'm not seeing yeah. Schwarzenegger, Harrison Ford, obviously Bruce Willis wouldn't be in these anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they had bigger, you know, uh, name stars in those other movies, even if they were just making cameos. And yeah. unless Neeson, this was it, Liam Neeson ever in one of those, he should have been. Never, and he, Gerard Butler, like those are the two guys you needed to make this a hit. Yeah. And Nick Cage. Cage, but Gerard Butler, Liam Neeson, and I'm going to Expendables 4. Yes. Yes. I, I do think with Butler and Liam Neeson, that would be such a bad sign for their, yeah. their well, Liam Neeson, career. a bad sign? Come on. Yeah. Liam Neeson might be at that level. I get He's why ready. Gerard Butler can't do an Expendables movie. Because an Expendables movie being in that other than Statham, who's doing it as like the star of the movies. Once yeah. you get yourself an Expendables movie, you are signaling, I cannot be the lead of my own movie anymore. And Gerard Butler definitely doesn't want to do that. Um, But I, I, I do think, yeah, I think you're right. Liam Neeson could have been in this movie and that probably would have been something. That and, and Nick Cage, like, why is is Nick Cage not been one of these, and why not? That doesn't seem right. He's not. He might still have a pretty decently high quote at this point. Nick but Cage. He does straight to DVD basically most of the time. But he's you know? a star, and I think those movies. I think he's pulling in more for those movies than like Dolph Lundgren does for his straight Probably. to DVD. But movies. I think with foreign pre-sales, getting Nick Cage in an expense, if they're going to do Expendables five, you got to really think. Who cares what the movie's about? Just right. get the right actors. Yes, you know that's it. That's it. That's all we care about. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, I mean, I think the bottom line of Expendables four is this cast is really bare bones and. This is this is almost definitely going to be a, a giant bomb, like for sure the lowest opener of any of these movies. Yeah, I don't see it going any other way. What happened to Clayton? Let's see where Clayton is or 122. We'll just breeze through now some. Uh, Clayton says his internet went out. Oh, the, boy. The hurricane it must have been the hurricane. Uh, the tropical the hurricane. storm, yeah. Um, all right, so then let's me and you. We'll take it from here, Jeff. All right, so, you know, full transparency, Clayton's internet went out. So Clayton may or may not be on the rest of this episode. So we may be going from three to two here. Oh, man, that's not a good sign. That it, that reminds me of all the movies that are just disappearing from the fall schedule. And that this is a microcosm of that, right? Like, what's happening here to the box office boys it happened to Hollywood. This fall, we are losing films left and right. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sign from the great box office God saying, get ready to lose more. Next week, you're losing more films this holiday season. Wow. So we've basically, we've moved Clayton off the schedule to 2024. Yeah, Clayton's gone. 
I, that's just the way this works. You know, he's he's Peyton is striking right now with the writers, with the actors, and I don't blame him. You know, he needs more cash. You know how he, it is. Well, I mean, here's Clayton is in SAG. He's in bad standing. He hasn't paid his dues oh, in years. Oh. Okay. So he might finally be taking a stand yeah. and feel that he's got to stand with his SAG brothers and stop talking yeah. about movies. That might have been what happened here. But you know what, Jeff? Two sometimes is better than three. So I think me and you should just touch on some of the quote unquote smaller movies. And if there's anything that we think in this this uh fall slate has a chance of breaking out bigger than you would expect. Um okay. I mean I another d- threequel is uh, go for it, Jeff. Oh, go for I, it. I was just saying dumb money has that big short feel to it, right? Dumb money. Um is coming out uh, October 6th wide. I think it comes out in September in limited release. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sony's going to push this thing to be like the big short. It sort of looks like it acts like it. Uh, This is about the, the zoinks, the stocks. Uh, And I think everybody's kind of in on that. If it delivers and actually has great reviews, I think this could break out for, for us, you know, for a smallish drama for sure. That is actually the one I was going to throw out there. I, I'm very interested in what this could do because you're hearing Oscar buzz on yeah. it. You know, that it's a movie that could get some acting nom nom noms. Maybe if it really takes off, it gets in, you know, screenplay best picture since it's 10. Like there is that chance for this movie. And, you know, breaking out for this movie would be. This is a movie that ends up getting to 50 million domestic in its run. Absolutely. And I think that that potential is there. I think that, like Clayton was saying earlier, a lot of young people saw their first real movie with Oppenheimer. People are craving things that aren't necessarily superhero movies. So something like this could ride that wave. And again, riding that wave would be on October 6th that opens to 11 or 12 million and then gets to 50. I I think that's possible. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good call. And I just, I I feel like it's in a good place opening wide again, October 6th appeals to, I think men and women uh, young and definitely older as well. Um, So that could have a good run, uh, you know, even through uh, into November. Um, I guess the other one is, you know, the Lionsgate movie that probably has the best chance to succeed is Ordinary Angels, right? This is that faith-based film. Mm. Um, and you never know what's going to happen with these. Like we saw this summer, right? Like um, uh, it can ha- every once in a while, one of these just busts loose and does like 60, 70, 80 million dollars. And Ordinary Angels, which comes out October 13th against The Exorcist, could be that film that unites the Southland, you know, that unites the churchgoers from around, from San Francisco to the New York City, to the New York Islands. People may pick up on this film. And again, it's probably Lionsgate's best chance for success this fall. Yeah. It's, so I'm looking at that. I had not really been aware of that movie, but it stars Hilary Swank, who she's, the perfect star yes. for that type of movie. She's got that name recognition, two Oscars, but you know she's not a Julia Roberts, so you actually could get her to be in one of these movies. Yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, you look at what that movie's about, community comes together, help a critically ill kid, and there's a snowstorm. And so you put out a movie in October. If you're in middle America, you're starting to get worried about impending snowstorms in the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah I, that could be a, you know, it's not going to be, uh, it could be a Jesus revolution level hit. That could be another one that gets itself to 50 domestic when all said and done. Yeah. And that's, again, we're talking about smaller films here, but that's what pays the bills. You know, yeah. when you invest very low and end up with, with a, some decent coin, um, especially in the fall season. Um, if we look at, you know, going all the way to November, um, you know, the holdovers is opening um, November 10th. And also uh, Sony has Journey to Bethlehem. They're going biblical on us. They're going to try to have the faith-based hit, but I think Ordinary, Ordinary Angels beats them to the punch. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of faith-based stuff out there. And you know, when that happens, sometimes it's not going to work out well for everybody, right? So Journey to Bethlehem, I don't know about that one. But again, I haven't seen enough about it either. Nobody has, really. We haven't even seen the marketing come to life for this thing. Um, and then going into that final week of November, uh, Next Goal wins, right? This is... Uh, the sports comedy, honestly, this is from Searchlight. I hope this thing breaks out. From, from the trailer that I saw, it looks like classic Searchlight, a film that just picks up great reviews mm-hmm. and starts picking up theaters week after week because people are talking about it. And, you know, soccer is as big as it has ever been, right? Messi is in America, for God's sakes, right? He's doing yep. magic out there. Uh, we are all witnessing his 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 greatness and next goal wins may be the beneficiary of that over the holiday season here. Yeah, that's that one is this the new Taika Waititi, and you know I think he is to some degree a bit of a a star director. You know, after the Thor movies, after Jojo Rabbit, I mean, you, Jojo Rabbit would be the comp here. This is that type of movie. It's not yeah. Thor Ragnarok. But that movie did 33 domestic. I think Next Goal Wins could be in that same range. Again, this is the type of movie that has to be good. You know, the Marvels can be bad, and it's guaranteed that 60-plus million just because it's a new superhero movie. Next Goal Wins has to be good. But I've seen this trailer in front of movies the last couple of months, and it plays. You know, it's one of those trailers that plays. People laugh during this trailer. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that could, again, we could be talking about, I know we're not talking about big, big cash here, but $50 right. million for these small films, Dumb Money, Ordinary Angels, Next Goal Wins, that's 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 the sweet spot for these films. If they can yeah. do that um, and get some nominations, I mean, Fastbender's in, Next Goal Wins, that's a big name, you know? Um, and again, because it opens the week before Thanksgiving, you're going to have one of the most lucrative weeks of the year to play into. That's always a good sign. Again, there's a lot less product out here than there usually is because some of these films have moved. Um, And so that's honestly, it's a good sign for those that are sticking around. Yeah. So of those movies, just, just to pick one, if, if 50 million is the goal, which one do you think actually wins? Next goal wins dumb money. Um, the religious movie, Ordinary Angels, 
Is there another one that you feel is in that lower tier that is most likely to hit $50 million domestic? Out of those three? Yeah. Out of those three. I I, Honestly, I'm going to have to go with dumb money just because that Mm story has been in the headlines for so long. And I think people, I think you're right. I think kids are even curious about this. Adults are definitely in, but I think kids might show up to this thing. Um, Again, I hate to bet against God and Hillary Swank, but uh, my money is on the dumb money. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I am with you. I I think that has a chance of writing some good reviews and Oscar buzz and gets a fifty. So throwing out there, you know, it's a threequel we haven't mentioned yet, but my big fat Greek wedding part three comes out in early September. I mean, I'm looking at the gross of the second one. Obviously, the first one is a legendary box office run. We're not yeah. even uh, comping it to that at all. But the second one came out, God, 2016. So that second one came out seven years ago. And that got to $59 million domestic. That's unbelievable. This, That's unbelievable. Honestly. I mean, I that first one is just such a gigantic hit yeah. that – heading into the second one the second one must have still felt like some degree of an event being the sequel to a movie that was that big is this third one have any chance of even doing half of what the second one did i mean to me this does not feel like a movie that's going to make more than 30 million dollars in its run but i could be wrong i mean i I mean that one's so hard to predict. All I can say is is go by trends, right? That's what we analysts do. And if we look at what happened to Downton Abbey 2 and mm-hmm. Book Club 2, audiences did not really show up to those, not in the same way they did with their predecessor. And now we're talking about a part three. Those were part twos that didn't land. You're going to have a hell of a tough time, I think, landing a part three. Um, I. I just looked at that gross too. And part two even opened at 17 million. That, that, wow. That's an incredible number for, you know, for that film. Again, it did have such a long run and such a great history with one of the best independent films of all time. That, the first one. Um, and now this is dropped from universal, which released part two to focus features, which gives you an idea that universal doesn't really want this on their plate, that they're going to distribute this more as an indie, which that's what Focus Feature does, right? That leads me, you're right, to believe that it opens at, yeah, single digits, eight, nine million, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking if the, the other three, cool, we didn't really talk much about Haunting in Venice. And that's such an interesting franchise because that first Murder on the Orient Express Open what 2018 something like that and that had Johnny Depp and and a, and a yeah. big cast and that movie made over 100 million domestic. Yeah, the second one came out what February 21 after being a a, a COVID delay and totally bombed, but it had that sort of cursed cast where Army Hammer and yeah. Gal Gadot were, were were stars of that. I, I feel like there were other stars in there who's stardom had had really cratered in between the time they signed on to the movie and when the movie came out uh, i know the second one is opening a much better environment or this third one is opening in a much better environment than the uh the second movie in the franchise but it still doesn't feel like there's an upward trajectory to me no and 20th century aka disney 
it is selling it like a horror film. They're not even really mentioning. In fact, if you watch the trailer, if you yeah. didn't watch it closely enough, you might just think this is just a, a new film with a new scary film um, with a it, that's a whodunit, right? It really right. doesn't. They're almost not almost they purposely are trying to make you forget about the last film and right. what happened right and, and they're just they're gonna pull it they're gonna hoodwink us into thinking this is something new um with kenneth Branagh and a mustache and you will go to this because you want to be scared a little bit and mm. honestly it's i think it's the right play but i think okay. you're right it's not gonna work but it is the right it's the only play that i think 20th century has with this franchise because of how tumultuous the the second movie did. I couldn't believe honestly that they greenlight they they greenlit a prequel because it did so bad. I thought, wow, I really love that first one and this second one was kind of boring. Uh, I can't imagine they'll get a third out of this and then right away they just said, "You know what? We're going to do it." <laughs> Kenneth Branagh must have really wanted to do this. Is my is my reasoning there? Yeah, this feels like, and I don't know if it's the same studio, but it feels like this was his blank check cash in after winning the screenwriting Oscar a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, because he won that yeah. Oscar for, I, the name of the movie is, is, is slipping right now, but his Ireland movie that he won the Oscar for. And it feels oh, like yeah. this was his all right, yeah. I did that. Now I get to do this situation. Yeah, that's right. God, I forgot about that film. What what a powerful film that none of us can remember the title of, but Im I can remember all the images. From yes, yes, yes. So, I know it was yeah. black and white. I think. And it was the name of a city, right? It was the it city. It was the name of a city or a person or a church. We know yeah, it's one of those things, but we do and, know he, I think, won a screenwriting Oscar. I'm pretty sure this movie that we're both kind of thinking of did get made though that's not a guarantee yeah no no i think we're both right about that um and and it was i mean w i know we're going to struggle to find out what it is but it certainly was not murder on the orient express that got this greenlit right we do right, know right. that <laughs> um yeah so that's not going to break out is there anything before we cash this in here is there anything else that as a chance of sort of surprising overperforming we haven't mentioned paw patrol the mighty movie i don't think that is necessarily it um you know is there a, a even a barbarian or if not a smile five nights at freddy's now this is a movie coming out on october 27th so that is the halloween weekend it's a day and date which seems like such a relic of the past universal yeah. is putting this movie out in theaters and on Peacock, you know, which didn't totally kill the Halloween sequels. They did that no. for the two Halloween movies that came out post pandemic. I, I've seen this trailer. It seems fun. And it's a very big brand name amongst video games. I mean, is yeah. this, if not a smile, a movie that could actually you know, open at 25 or 30 and do two weeks worth of business and do 70 million. Man, if it did that, that would be incredible for, for basically what is the only day and date film from a major studio that's left on the calendar after all that pandemic shit went down. Right. Right. Like, I thought we were done with it. And I think it surprised everyone when five nights decided, Hey, 
we're going to we're going to go day and day with this thing. And that, I think that says more about Peacock and the lack of choices on Peacock. And they really needed something for Halloween. Right. To 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 boost that subscriber base. But you're right. I think this is obviously for teens. This isn't for you or I or our parents. But the teens today grew up on this. So mm-hmm. if they decide, hey, you know, after the Halloween party, we need to go to a midnight screening of five nights. You're right. I think it could get it could make it into the high teens or it goes the other way, completely bombs because everybody's staying home. And at the Halloween party, they're going to watch it at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a possibility, too. So that that could go either way. Uh, but you're right. There's a chance. There's always a chance with horror. And that's what you love. Even the Thanksgiving movie, which we haven't even talked about yet. Let's close on that. I mean, we're taking this this episode all the way to Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is a Eli Roth. You know, he's the cabin fever and and hostile director. And he's making a feature length movie out of the fake trailer short that he made for the Grindhouse movie, which I mean, did that come out in the mid 2000s? Yeah, 2007. I mean, most people probably don't even remember that, honestly. Wow. They should re-release that. Uh, it would be nice if Fathom Events got on board and maybe in October released The Grindhouse again, which would be sweet to see on the big screen mm-hmm. one more time. Um, but but yeah, I, I again, I don't think this movie has a chance in hell, but I'm so glad that it exists and that Eli Roth made that full commitment and is doing this film. I mean, what what a what a great thing for I mean Gina Gershon, Patrick Dempsey. I love that cast. I'm there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely not going to be a breakout horror movie, but it's it's a slasher that could eh, I mean who who knows what this it's it's very interesting it's opening on Thanksgiving weekend. I get yeah. the tie into the title. But it yeah. is the exact opposite movie that usually does well on that weekend, which is yeah. which is basically a weekend where, hey, what can I go see with my mother-in-law? <laughs> we finally have a Thanksgiving horror movie, and that's what we've all wanted, you know? And yeah. Pat, Addison Ray is in this. You know how many hits on social media this thing's gonna get? Yeah. So- I mean, this this <laughs> could be this could be the surprise sleeper that we were waiting for. So we will have to see. So Jeff, you know what? I think we got to stop there because we got to leave something for you to come back and do the winter holiday preview with us in a couple of months. Absolutely. You know, and that's at that point, we'll talk Napoleon, Aquaman and all that. I guess the last thing here, if if I was going to say a movie that we discussed, a movie opening September, October, November is going to move to next year. What do you think is the most likely one that's going to do that? Is there anything big that is still, I mean, we kind of talked the Marvels. Is that it? Or is there anything else yeah. that could be moved? I mean, Marvels is one. Um, we didn't even talk about the creator, which is 20th century Fox, 20th century Fox, 20th century Disney's film that comes out uh, opening against your saw X and Paw Patrol. Mm-hmm. People forget there's a third movie opening that weekend on September 29th. We know how hardcore sci-fi does at the box office, and it puts audiences to sleep. I think this trailer looks fabulous. I think I saw it at CinemaCon first, and I thought mm-hmm. it's just it's a beautiful. It looks beautiful, but it's the kind of film I could see completely moving off the schedule, and nobody would bat an eye. Right? It's just yeah. it's kind of crowded right there. 
and it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it fits. It feels like it could be a spring movie that people discover. Um, I would even like to see it maybe move to next late summer, something like that. Um, so the the fact that they're barely advertising this thing at all may leads me to believe that maybe maybe Disney is going to move this thing. Um, Disney's going to be doing something right because the fact that they didn't move Marvels right after Dune vacated. I was I was ready for it. I was on my computer like, okay, I got to tweet this out. Uh, they're going to move mm-hmm. it up to November third, and they didn't. And that's what you know. There's something going on. Obviously, yeah, the strike is going on. This is a big thing, right? Like, not the, the studios have never worked like this. They've never operated like this. They don't know how to work right. without their actors pitching their products for them. Um, I don't necessarily think in this day and age that that helps uh, all the films, but it certainly does help some of the films. So. Um, Again, I would I if I was a studio, I would hesitate I would hesitate to move any more of these films because already we don't have enough film. We don't right. have enough film really to fill this release schedule. That's why this this winter is going to be pretty light. Without an Avatar two, um, this holiday season is not going to compare to the last one, and that's unfortunate, right? Uh, it's just it's just it's kind of a glitch in the schedule. Um, Disney didn't really have a big film that they're dropping. So all we're left with is Aquaman 2, The Color Purple, and Wonka. And Wonka. You know, those, I mean, that's what we're talking about over the holiday season. That's just not enough. Yeah. Well, we'll I mean, uh, those are all Warner Brothers movies. So even sans these strikes, y- you would think it is such a weird glitch that Warner Brothers would be opening three giant movies. You know, yeah. obviously, uh, maybe slightly varying size, but three pretty big movies all in the same month. That that always seemed odd to me. Yeah. So I still think, I mean, there's no reason to me to move Aquaman off the year, get this thing over with the rip yeah, the band-aid off and see what it does. Um, yeah, I could see the Marvels moving to next year if Disney's idea is we need to move something to that early May slot. You know, that May, first Friday in May slot is usually a gigantic superhero movie. You know, an yeah, MCU if movie. Yeah, if they can't finish Deadpool 3, yeah. if that just doesn't happen, you're right. That's absolutely what is going to happen is Marvel's is going to be kick off the summer of 2024. Clayton, yes, he's back. Clayton is back. So, Clayton, we were just wrapping up. Um, So... We ended with basically uh, checking in on if we think anything is going to move to next year. And we both kind of think the Marvels is possible, though I would bet it's not going to because in the end, this movie is going to do whatever it's going to do no matter when it comes out. And I think Disney is probably looking at sort of what Aquaman with DC and and Warner Brothers is. We got to just put it out and get this thing over with and move on. Clayton, are you on... Clayton, are you on strike? Because Pat and I decided you were on. This was like you you purposely went off, you know, to show your solidarity to the Writers Guild and the actors. Oh, well, no, I mean, true? I I am stri- I am a striking SAG member okay. um, uh, in bad standing. But okay. um, uh, that was not the case. My Internet, okay. there was an outage. Okay. Uh, and so, yes, that is what happened. And I yeah. was, uh, you know, I was hoping I would be able to jump back in and, and talk to you. It'd say goodbye to you, Jeff, at the very least. But um, <laughs> well, no, that was not a that was not a form of protest. But I agree. Take the bandaid off. Get these freaking 
movies out. Just get them out yeah. into the world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I think that we have pretty much covered it. Um, Clayton, I'll just give you just to let you know, the main thing we talked about while you left is we went over a bunch of the smaller movies, gave our thumbs up, thumbs down. And both Jeff and I think that of the smaller movies, Dumb Money is a movie that could get itself to 50 domestic. You know, we're looking at what are those just dramas or lower wattage movies that have a chance of being successful in a big way. And, and we kind of pegged 50 as the number where if it hits that, that's a pretty big success. So we both kind of landed on that based on potential Oscar push and the fact that the GameStop uh, uh, story is potentially big with younger people, that that is the movie that could break out in that way. Do you have any disagreement there? Or do you think there's another lower scale movie that could be that sort of like sleeper gets a 50 hit? No, I mean, I think that's a good, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's the, a star in that film. That's one of the biggest in one of the biggest movies mm. of the year. And one of the biggest movies of all time, Barbie, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that is also a bump. I mean, the America bump cannot be disregarded for that film. And uh, I think this is the year of America, uh, the actress, not the country. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I do think, yeah, I think Dumb Money looks good. I think it's got enough names in it. Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, America. I mean, mm -hmm. I think this is a movie that people could go see, it, you know, a House of Gucci type film. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good call. Good call. That's a great comp. I got to turn mean, my air conditioner off. Give me a second. So Clayton <laughs> was missing for a half hour, but you know what? He came back in and he came in with a great comp. And that's what you got to do you. when yeah. you go dark for a little bit is you got to come back with a great comp. So and he was not, he was not protesting just so he was not knows. protesting. Was no protest he was not there. protesting and he was not moved off the 2023 slate. So Clayton no, is been, still, yeah, we, we actually thought you were going to be pushed to 2024, which yeah. there's a lot of, you know, wannabe BOs that would probably love to jump in there, but I'm glad honestly that that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. No, I am irreplaceable. Yeah, absolutely. Clayton, Clayton remains on the 2023 slate. So Jeff, Thank you so much for taking part in this gigantic, again, like you, it always is with you. It is a double issue. Yeah, it is the old entertainment weekly double yeah. issue, double price. And, and you got it. It's a must have. So thank you for joining us, Jeff. Where can our want to be boys, want to be girls, want to be people, people find you, your work and your thoughts on the box office. I'm only, I'm only in one place. And that's Twitter. Nope, it's not Twitter. It's X. I'm only in the X zone. That's the only place you can find me. I don't even tweet. I post and I repost at ERC box office on your favorite X channel. Wow. Wow. That is maybe the best uh, 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 promo I've heard cut for X since the name change. I mean, you should be out there getting paid selling X on the street. Well, you are selling Saw X. And I'm just selling X. And we're all selling Fast X. And we've been selling it all summer, right? Yeah. Like, yep. this, is, this is the year of X, guys. It just is, right? It's mm -hmm. 2020 X. 
That's the year. Wow. Can't deny it. Wow. The year of X. Great sell job by Jeff. So yes, follow Exhibitor Relations Co. on X. You could also find the BO Boys on X and on TikTok. We're at the BO Boys pod. Wanna be O senior intern. He got a promotion. Wanna be O senior intern. Christopher doing a great job with social media. So follow us at the BO Boys pod. You could also find us on YouTube. We are YouTubers. So if you're only listening to this episode of the podcast, go watch it now on YouTube yeah. because you could see the moment when Clayton disappears <laughs> and you could see the looks on our faces when we think he's been moved off the 2023 yeah. slate. So Pat was you- actually, he looked like you were tearing up and I'm not sure. I mean, you saved it. I thought pretty well. And you, you made me feel comfortable because I was kind of scared. I'm like, I'm right in the middle of you guys and that makes me feel yep. safe. But all of a sudden, Clayton was just gone, and now gone. I'm on the edge. You know what yeah. I mean? Literally yeah. and figuratively, and it it scared me. So thanks. For, I appreciate you coming back, Clayton. The box yeah. office hat, it makes it, man. It totally – are you kidding? Like, where can I get one of those? Well, specially made by Pat's wife. Oh. Pat has a matching one, different colors. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So lovely, lovely present by Pat's wife, who I will not name to – Respect her anonymity. Yeah, uh, Clayton, Clayton protects Clayton. a lot of anonymity these days. So uh, <laughs> good on him for sure. Um, but you know what, uh, Jeff, uh, we'll talk offline. Maybe maybe a box office hat could be in, in your future. Guys, God knows yeah. if anyone's earned it, it's Jeff of Exhibit mm-hmm. Relations Co. So if that. you want to see this box office hat that we're talking about, of course, watch us on YouTube and uh, uh, ring that bell. and. Give us the likes. Give us the subscribes. Want to be a senior intern? Christopher is also cutting short clips from the show on the YouTube channel. So you got full episodes. You got clips. The YouTube channel is where it's at right now. Give us five stars on all your podcast apps, and but especially on Apple Podcasts. That's the only one that really matters. And email us at the B.O. Boys, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, your boots, your boots on the ground reporting, and your predictions. Uh, got a great one from Wannabe Old Boy Austin that we talked a little bit about before. So send those emails. We love getting those emails. The Bo Boys Podcast at gmail.com. And I mean, Clayton, I think that's it. Have we done everything? I think we've done it. I mean, I was gone for a good half an hour, so I'm assuming you did everything. We yeah. did it. We did we do did it. it. We yeah. did it, guys. And so there's nothing left to say. Nothing. Except for, <gasps> until next time, we'll smell you at the bar. Nailed. Nailed.